This is The Guardian. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Across Europe, two-thirds of adults and a third of children are overweight or obese. But this isn't just an issue for the world's wealthier countries anymore. Obesity is a problem pretty much everywhere. The obesity epidemic costs the world $2 trillion a year. A new report says over 30% of China's adult population is now overweight. Obesity levels in Africa skyrocketing among all levels of society. American Samoa now has the fattest population on Earth. It's causing a global health crisis, as increasing numbers of us end up with related illnesses like cancers, diabetes and heart disease. We've spent decades trying to eat less and exercise more, and it's not helping. Obesity just isn't as simple as calories in versus calories out. So what is going on? And then how do we start to fix it? Well, one theory is that chemical pollution may be partly to blame. Recently, dozens of researchers pulled together the evidence into three major scientific reviews, arguing that synthetic chemicals, found almost everywhere, are changing our bodies and making us gain weight. The idea hasn't made it into mainstream medicine yet, but it's fascinating that these tiny molecules could be having such an outsized impact. So how might these chemicals be making us fatter? And is there anything we can actually do about it? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. Damien Carrington, you're The Guardian's environment editor, so you're quite regularly writing about how pollution is now impacting our health. But this idea of chemicals being a part of the obesity pandemic is completely new to me, and it's also very intriguing. So tell me more about this. What's going on? 
Sure. So 16 years ago, the idea was first touted and a term was coined, which is obesogen. And that is a chemical, usually a pollutant, which um, gets into people's bodies. And in that time, the evidence has been growing and growing and growing. And um, and the idea is that these uh, pollutants, all sorts of chemicals, which we'll come on to, can upset the body's metabolic thermostat. So, you know, humans, like all animals, have um, very sophisticated uh, systems of hormones and other things, interactions between the gut and the liver and the brain, which tell us when we're hungry, but also tell us when we've eaten enough. And uh, the idea is that these chemical pollutants are messing up that metabolic thermostat they're making it uh, faulty and therefore making us store more fat or not lose as much so these obesogens these synthetic chemicals where are they actually found do we come across them in our day-to-day lives the concerning thing about it is that these pollutants can be found everywhere in the air in water in dust also food packaging some personal hygiene products furniture even, electronics, cookware as well, and some child car seats recently were found to contain some of those. Okay, so these are chemicals that we're probably going to encounter all of the time. I mean, how do they make it easier for our bodies to gain and not lose weight? You said about the metabolic thermostat, but what are the different kinds of ways that they change our body system? It can act very directly through insulin and other things uh, to increase the number and size of fat cells. But also there's this kind of signalling that goes around the body telling people when they're full. And so interacting with or interfering with those signals can also mess up the thermostat. Some of these chemicals can affect thyroid function, which is well known to um, affect people's weight. Also interact with the dopamine reward system. And the reason that's interesting is that um, this idea of comfort eating um, so if chemicals are messing around with the uh, dopamine reward system, that can be another way of it working. And also we know already that the microbiome in the gut, this amazing ecosystem of bacteria and so on in our gut, which is so important to our health, um, these could be affected as well. And I'm curious about all these different ways that it can affect our body and the evidence for this, because it is such a complex picture and there are clearly lots of different factors affecting our weight, whether it's food or sleep or stress or genetics. Obviously, you can't give people these chemicals to run double-blind trials to understand what's happening inside the body. You know, that would be quite unethical. So how do scientists know that these obesogens help us to gain weight and what they're actually doing inside the body? Yeah, it's a really good question because, as you say, you know, it would obviously be completely unethical to give uh, people chemicals in trials uh, which you knew were going to harm them. And so there's basically three sorts of evidence. One is um, animal studies, which, of course, have drawbacks, but also um, advantages. Um, There are in vitro studies where you take actual human cells, so not from animals, but human cells, and you uh, culture them in the laboratory and then do tests on those. And then there's uh, epidemiological evidence, which is where you look at uh, the exposure of people to these chemicals and then try and correlate that with the impacts. However, you know, those three things together can be really powerful. And the scientists behind these three very major reviews do think that we're now at the point where there is really strong evidence. They call it proof. In some sense, this is an emerging area of science, but frankly, it kind of 
makes sense you know putting all these chemicals into our environment and into our bodies it would be more surprising if none of them had side effects on us so do we know if there are any groups that are at particular risk to these chemicals Sure. So, I mean, young people. So right from the point of conception through uh, gestation, through to babies, through to infants, their bodies are developing and chemicals uh, that cause harm can be particularly damaging at that time. Obviously, therefore, it includes pregnant women. There was another thing in the reviews which really struck me and I was just like really frightening in a way was that uh, you can get intergenerational effects. So, for example, there was a study last year where they looked at the exposure of women to DDT, a pesticide that's now banned, and then they tracked that through to these women's granddaughters and found that the higher dose that their grandmother had been exposed to, the more likely the granddaughter was to be obese or overweight. And they think that happens through epigenetics, which is changes in the way that um, genes are expressed. You know, that that really, um, I don't know, that really scared me. It is really shocking, the idea that this could be passed down from generation to generation. But I wonder how much it contributes to our weight and to obesity, because of course, there are all these other things going on as well, whether it's our environment or genetics or ultra processed foods or stress. I mean, have scientists been able to quantify how much of a problem this is? Well, the short answer is no, and I'll come on to that. I mean, the, the first thing I want to say, though, is that, uh, you know, I, I obviously spoke to the some of the scientists uh, behind the reviews, but I also went to a very eminent um, obesity researcher called Barbara Corky, who's at Boston University and was past president of the Obesity Society, which is this big you know, medical organisation. And she said the idea that um, being obese is because you eat too much or you don't exercise enough, and that might be because of you know, stress or environmental factors, is nonsense. That's what she said. It was nonsense. Um, she said to me, when doctors don't know or don't understand the problem, they blame the patients. You know, she thinks that the obesogen idea is, um, is a good an idea that's out there and challenged other people to come up with better ones, you know. In terms of how big a role it's playing in the obesity pandemic, um, we don't know. Robert Lustig, who's a professor at the University of California, San Francisco, and one of the people who was involved, said that, you know, his kind of educated guess, having worked on this for a long time, was maybe 15 to 20%. So, you know, that's a lot when you're talking about 2 billion people around the world. Damien, the way that you've described it, not only could these chemicals be doing us harm, they're also all around us. So if we did want to avoid them, I mean, is there any way that we could actually do that? Is there any way of reducing our exposure? Yeah, it's tough, but perhaps not impossible. I mean, first of all, the best answer is to ban or phase out chemicals that we know are harmful. And that's tended to happen fairly slowly, not least because the uh, chemical industry that produces them are a pretty good lobby group and uh, good at fighting new regulation. But actually, recently in Europe, in the last month or so, they've announced a very big phase out of uh, thousands of chemicals. So maybe there's some progress. In terms of trying to control your personal intake, particularly for pregnant mothers, they might want to be careful about food with pesticides on or what their children then play with in terms of plastics. You can get BPA-free stuff now, which would be an idea potentially. So obviously there's lots more to learn about obesogens. What do you think researchers now want to understand? 
you know, when I spoke to the researchers, the biggest thing they wanted was actually publicity. They wanted people to be aware of this idea and start to get people engaged in it. I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, earlier this month, I, I wrote about a different study, which was published in uh, Lancet Planetary Health, which was a, a sort of global look at pollution. And it found that, you know, one in six people in the world today die early as a result of pollution, mostly air pollution, some heavy metals pollution like um, lead and so on. But pollution is having this really massive but quite insidious impact on the world. Mm, I'm sure we'll be discovering much more about what the pollution around us is doing to our, our bodies as well. So Damien, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and telling us about this. My pleasure. Thanks for asking, Maddie. Thanks again to Damien Carrington. You can find a link to his coverage of this story on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. Before you go, I want to tell you about a virtual three-week Guardian Masterclass starting on Tuesday the 14th of June 2022. It's about understanding the climate crisis, which sits alongside pollution as one of the planet's biggest existential threats. In the Masterclass, you'll hear from journalists, activists and scientific experts, including Professor of Earth System Science Mark Maslin, Guardian reporter Damien Gale and Science Weekly regular and environment correspondent Fiona Harvey. Find out more and book your place online at theguardian.com forward slash climate dash masterclass. That's theguardian.com forward slash climate dash masterclass. We've also put a link to that on the podcast webpage. And that's it for today. The producer was me, Madeline Finley. The sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. And the executive producer was Isabel Rugol. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.